Welcome back to the Shadow Priestess Embodied. I'm your host, Kaylin Rakowski, and thank you for joining me today for another deep dive and exploration into your inner world, into your body, the shadow realms, where we will begin to explore some of these esoteric principles and really begin to drop them down into modern day application and embodiment. This is a sacred place where you can begin to truly meet yourself, meet your medicine, and to meet your magic. This is a place of remembrance. Take a deep breath and let's begin. Welcome back, beautiful people, for another episode of the Shadow Priestess Embodied Podcast. So lately, I have just been super inspired to give space to incredible women who are out there just doing the damn thing. And I recently connected with this woman named Jessica. And as soon as we had our first discovery call, I knew that she had something special. And she is a creative author who has created this first moon manual, which is honestly just this treasure of art, poetry, letters to young women who are really embarking on womanhood. And it is this beautiful guide that is really helping women reflect and really embody empowerment. And Jessica is super passionate about helping young women embrace who they are at their core and take life as the magical journey that it is. Honestly, this journal to me is so special. I feel like it's so needed and what a different experience, reality that we get to create for the younger generation just by educating them and celebrating them on this passage to womanhood. So this is letters to our daughters, our sisters, our friends, and really just helping them feel celebrated, sacred, honored as they embark on their first moon womanhood and really finding the empowerment to live a life where they're body positive and really embracing the full spectrum of who they are. Honestly, I wish I would have had something like this years ago. And that is why I wanted to give Jessica the stage to share her amazing work with you all today. So without further ado, let's dive in. All right. So I want to welcome my friend, Jessica. And if you would like to just introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing in the world. Thank you so much, Kaylin. My name is Jessica. You just said that. So there I go being awkward already. (laughs) (laughs) All all my people are awkward. So you're in good company. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. uh, So I fit right in. That's I finally found my tribe. Yay. Um, I am an educator. I am a mother. I am a wife. I am a woman. I am all the things I think that we are trying to be in life right now. So um, I have created a, a book based on girls who are embarking on their period journey. And I also have a degree, a master's degree, but I always joke about it. Like, uh, like people say like, 
oh, good job. You tied your shoe. And I'm like, good thing I got that master's degree. <laughs> so I um, I worked in education for about 14 years and, and after post-COVID, um, I kind of knew that that wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. And so here I am couple failed dreams later and <laughs> working towards the dream. <laughs> uh, I love it. And I wouldn't even say failure. Like to me, no. I've really adapted the belief that failure doesn't even exist. And like, it's just always a redirection. And I guess for me, all the times that I thought I failed, it honestly was pushing me back towards like my soul mission and what I came here to do. And personally, when you and I met and I got to you know, well, and you sent me a beautiful copy of this journal and we just really got to talk about it and your story and why you created it. I was like, oh, this is exactly what she's supposed to be doing in the world. Um, just so I wanted to reflect that back to you, Jessica. Thank so you. I would love for you to share with our listeners, like what really led you to creating this journal? Like, what was it for you that you're like, this really matters. And I really want young women to, to have this in their hands. Like, what was that moment for you? Okay. Um, the moment was my daughter had started her first period in April, 2020 during COVID. And we wanted to have a first period party, but people weren't allowed to come over. And we have a lot of family. We had moved to Texas in 2018 from Utah. So a lot of family and friends were up in Utah. We're very spread out. And, um, instead of having a full party, I reached out to family and friends and asked them for letters of advice or encouragement or just love for her as she started on this journey. Uh, I had had a pretty volatile relationship with my own period starting in middle school. And I just knew I wanted her experience to be different. I think that when we hear about self-love, we don't really talk about how a part of ourself is our menstrual cycle and there's so much negativity that surrounds that and so when I think about true self-love I really think about accepting your menstrual cycle as part of your body and loving that so as she received these letters um I got her some macarons that were like this really beautiful deep burgundy color and had these black moons uh painted onto them from a local company and and we sat down with our macarons and a coffee and started reading these letters together. And mm. as we read them, I mean, both of us, I mean, she was 13 years old. We were both in tears. And um, I just knew like I wanted every young girl to feel that loved and supported mm. as they started their period and went on this journey. It's a, it's a 40 plus year journey, right? Like it's, it's here with yeah. us for a long time. Yeah. And I, I love that you created this journal for young women so that at an early age, it's like they can really just begin to release the shame around their bodies or around their menstrual cycle, feeling that it's dirty or that it's wrong or that, you know, sh like, let's not talk about that. Like, here's a tampon, go to the bathroom and like, don't let anybody see. And it's like, it's always this big, like taboo things. And I think that even as women, because a lot of us weren't, as lucky or gifted to have like mothers like you that were like aware and really wanted to support their daughters in their transitioning into womanhood um, that we still carry a lot of the shame around our cycle and that we're still, you know, really afraid to embrace like our bodies and our femininity because really like 
to me, what really called to me about this journal is that I'm super passionate about women recalibrating to their feminine essence, to their intuitive wisdom, like to their cycles, which were part of nature, right? You have 13 cycles, there's 13 moons, you know, it's like, it's all like, it's a part of nature. And it's like bringing women back to just this ancient innate, like, I, I, the word that's coming, it's like power, but just like power that we really harness. And I think that your journal really creates such a gift for women to begin embarking on that. Yeah. And I'm really glad you mentioned that because that's why it's called the first moon manual. Cause it's your first moon that you go through. Um, and the moon cycle does correlate with our cycles, 28 ish days. Uh, I, I love all of that. I have to tell you, like my mom, I don't remember her not being supportive. Um, as a matter of her, I remember her being loving and supportive around it. But my period nightmare story, do you have a period nightmare story? Because Oh hell yeah. We could go there. My period <laughs> nightmare story was um in school. And this is probably where my volatile relationship with my menstrual cycle started. Um, I was in the school locker room and the mean girl came in. D- did you have a mean girl? Like Mm-hmm. Sometimes I want to think they don't exist when I watch movies, but then when I reflect on this moment, I'm like, we did have a mean girl. And she was like, I mean, just loud and so was she like a Regina George, like mean girl? I, have you seen that movie? Yeah, but not not rich, right? And not overly pretty, just mean. Mean as hell. <laughs> mean. <laughs> she was I, everybody's pretty. So um she came in and she said, uh. I can smell somebody's on their rag. And I was like, what? And it was probably, I mean, we were in the girls locker room for, in middle school PE, like probably half of the room was on that period, yeah. some part of their cycle. But um, I was mortified. I was like, yeah. I was just mortified. And for the rest of the semester, I would not dress out. And since I did not dress out, even though I participated, I failed PE. So when my mom asked me, why are you failing PE? Why won't you dress out? I wasn't honest with her. And I don't remember why I wasn't honest with her, probably because I thought she would be like, you're letting somebody pick on you. Like what the hell, you know? Um, So I said, mom, I believe that money should be spent on books and art and not on physical education and sports. So I'm making a stand and my mom supported me. Like, here's the thing. And she was like, okay. And, and up until about three weeks ago, when I finally told her the truth behind that story, that's yeah. all took me, right? I'm 44 years old up until three weeks ago, when I finally told her the truth behind that story, they made fun of me. Like they were like, remember when you felt PE? Cause you want to dress out cause you believed in books and art. And I was like, and every time I'd be like, and it would just like replay that yeah. like dramatic experience in my head till I was finally like three weeks ago, I started the podcast rounds and, um, and I knew I was going to be telling a story and I was like, I don't want my mom to hear this on a podcast. I yeah. You're like, I need to tell mom first the truth behind the story. And she was like, thank you for telling me. Cause that'd be really awkward. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I do believe in books and art. And obviously my journal has art and um, letters and words and all the things in it. I, I do believe more money should be spent in that capacity. And there was the deeper story. I was just so 
felt so bullied. So, um, so I knew at that moment, would you say when you were bullied, did you, do you feel like it, it, did it create like that layer of shame for you around it? Do you think, I think that it did? I yeah. think that's what started my like, oh, I hate this. It's like people are talking Dirty. about it. It smells. They're calling me out for something that's happening to me. It's not my fault it's happening, right? Yeah. Um, and again, probably half the the room was on their menstrual cycle, but my seventh grade, 13, 14 year old brain couldn't wrap around the big picture. Right. Yeah. So focused on just that moment. And I will say, and the reason I asked you that question is because for me, that's what really, really like triggered that like wound of like shame for me around my body, around my cycle, because I honestly, like I started really young and I, I started my cycle in fourth grade. And obviously there was like nobody else who was having that. I got boobs early. I went, I went through all the things really early. And I can remember my horror story. I was at a basketball camp, white shorts, um, ended up starting. I'm in fourth grade. And, you know, really, I think the schools do a lot better now or the, our education system around it, where they kind of like prepare you. But back then there was no preparing and my mom didn't talk about it because it was so early. She probably thought, hell, she's got years. And I can remember them being like, what's on your shorts? did you poop your pants? What's on your, like literally bullying me. And I thought for a second, I thought I shit myself. Like I was like, did I, did I poop my pants? Like I, I was so upset. I can, I can even like vividly in my mind still see what the bathroom looked like, like that I was sitting in looking down at my underwear with blood and like being so scared. Hey, cell phones didn't exist then. Like none of these things. And all I was thinking was like, Oh my God, like I have to go back out there looking like I went to the bathroom in my pants. I need to tell them I need to call my mom. It was so traumatic and I got made fun of for it. And, you know, I think then, like you were saying, like I instantly, the message my little girl self took was that it was dirty. It was gross. I was all alone. And that like, there was something wrong with me because this was happening. There was something wrong with me. When really I love like with your daughter, you're like, no, this is a moment that we celebrate. Like this is a moment in time that we should be honoring because it is when it's like the girl becomes like the maiden. It's when you step into that journey of really becoming a woman and really like embracing your femininity. And like to me, you know, I, I guess people would call me a witch, but like from my understanding is that like when we are on our period or when we're in our bleed, when we're having our cycle, we're literally the most powerful. So it's actually like a coming home to your power, to your magic, to your magnetism. And I just wish so many young women could understand this and really be like celebrated and loved and held through this. And I love that your journal is a way that creates a community and a connection and almost like a blanket of arms wrapping around these girls, like no matter where they are in the world, like you're not alone. Like this is beautiful. This is to be celebrated. And like, I, I can't wait. Like, I'm like going to keep it, give it to my daughter. Like she's only one, but I'm like, I'm already saving this journal for you. <laughs> There's so much I want to say based on what you just said. So one, I just want to give like eight, nine-year-old little Kaylin a hug and just be like, it's okay. Like, I just yes. want to just embrace her and, and hug her and just help, you know, 
guide her in that wound that she is feeling. So um, that breaks my heart. And there's so many of these stories, right? Yes. Which is um, why I have a lot of grown women who are telling me they're using this manual as well. So um, they're, they're, I have a friend who's got PCOS, um, PMDD, the hormones, everything just gets really wacky yep. during her menstrual cycle. And uh, during the new year, she's going to use this to just kind of re-affiliate um, with her period and just and try and repair that relationship. You know, um, my own period was was heavy and it was hard and it was sporadic and it just and had I known then what I know now, had we had the resources, had we had. I didn't have Facebook and Instagram and all the things mm. that were, and all the people who are coming out now and talking about like the food you eat and doing exercise and, and then just really just staying in the moment and being okay with the pain and not okay with it, but sitting with it and honoring the, whatever pain your body is going through and knowing that pain's not really a normal part of a period. So something could be wrong, like all the things. Then I think that I would have had a different relationship um, when Bella started her period, I had been through a hysterectomy. I had two tubal pregnancies. I have three children, um, two tubal pregnancies and a hysterectomy. And, um, and I knew like, I was like, I don't want her to be in this place where her, her relationship is so volatile that she doesn't understand what her body's telling her. Cause I mm -hmm. didn't understand. I didn't know. I didn't know it was magic. I just hated it. I hated the time of the month. I hated going through it. I hated feeling the way I was feeling. I hated that everyone thought I was a problem. I hated having to be in the bathroom every two hours, changing a mm -hmm. tampon and a pad because I was like bleeding through so much. Yeah. And, um, and I didn't know. So, so while I call it a manual and it has, um, some tips and some feeding, this isn't, you know, it's not about, the technical jargon or the medical jargon it's really so much about the emotional space and i mm. i truly feel like uh when you talk about creating community what happens is every time one of the contributors is tagged or gets a new friend request because of the first move manual it just kind of um has them hold space for that person like just yeah. so imagine we have 24 women who've, who've contributed. And now every time someone reads that and they are tagged in a post or whatever, they go back to it and they hold space, right? So you constantly have these women going back to this time that they contributed and, and feeling like, oh, I did that for others. And mm -hmm. it's just, I just think it's just fucking magical. Yeah. <laughs> you could say fuck on here. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> Totally fine. <laughs> oh, my I do. I just like, I really, I dig it so much. I just think it's just, sometimes I think it's more magical than I even understand it to be. A hundred percent. Do you have one on hand? Do you have one yes. by you right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I oh, Always. You, you, what am I trying to say? The, one of the first times you and I spoke, you told me about a poem in there. Oh yeah. And I would really love if you're open to it to share just that poem so that people can get like 
just like a snip or just like a feel into like what is really in this journal and why why we're on here advocating for it and why we think it's so powerful and I think this poem would be a beautiful little uh teaser into it okay so let me tell you a quick story about the poem though so yes. um I was teaching at a charter school and there had been a, a spoken word poet who had gone kind of viral and actually won a um award for her poem on coming out which her poem on coming out is so moving. It's just, it's the most incredible thing. Her name is Angelica Brewer. And she would come into our uh, school and she would do some workshops with the kids. And I met her that way through like the English teacher. So years later, when I start putting this together, um, two years later, I guess, um, I reach out to Angelica and I say, Angelica, like I'm doing this project. I, I would love to have one of your, poems if you're open to it her first answer was a hell yes like she's like yes absolutely but it took some prodding right like it took a minute for her to get it to me like probably yeah. over the course of six months so if I started asking her in early 2021 I probably or maybe I asked her in 2020 and I got it like January 2021 we're gonna fast forward to June of 2022 when I published the book the same month she was named poet laureate of Ogden Utah so like that alignment, right? Like we had no idea she would yep. go out for Poet Laureate. Like we had no idea she'd even be considered. And just the same month that I published, she gets named Poet Laureate of the city that we were in. Yeah. And I, I see, holy cow, like just the, just the way things align. And um, anyways, let me get to this poem. So it's incredibly cool. divine timing. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so everything, um, is just to daughter or hey beautiful girl or dear sweet child you know um so it's all generic in that form so that any girl who picks it up can read it so this one's his daughter when they tell you to take up less space get bigger when they tell you to be quiet get louder when they tell you to be anything be what you want to be instead if you want to be a flower petal fresh snow extra coffee creamer you can be soft that way you can be gentle wind and the graceful dance of a butterfly's wings. If you do, be that proudly. If you want to be a firecracker, beat drop the ocean in a storm, you can be tough that way. You can be an exclamation point and bold with an underline. If you do, be that confidently. If you want to be both, do it righteously. You can hold the microphone and still share the stage. You can paint the whole cityscape and still smudge color outside of the lines. You can use the same arms you hug with to grab every opportunity and claim them all as your own. The world will tell you all the things it thinks you should be and all the ways you should dim the brightest parts of yourself to make it easier for them to see you. Spotlight them right in the eyes. The world knows nothing about the sunshine inside of you. Mm. Isn't oh, that, that I'm like crying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I literally cried. I love it. I, I, I just, I, ugh like chills and I've already read it but I wanted you to <laughs> share it with everybody else because <laughs> well, as soon as you told me I was digging through the book I'm like where is this poem where is this poem I want to read it <laughs> isn't it gorgeous and yeah. another poet she had written a letter and then she gave me a poem to put in here as well and her poem was on 22222, which I was like I was like how crazy that we have these repeating numbers that are coming up just everything just in alignment um another message that I love out of here it says uh 
As human beings, we are born with a powerful life force inside. It fuels us, empowers us, and helps us connect with one another. To live a meaningful life, never forget your life force power. Honor and use it to reflect the value you see in others. As you reveal the immeasurable treasures within you and learn how to make your life shine with full brilliance, stay present. Accept your obstacles and always keep moving forward. If ever you forget how capable and wonderful you are, look in the mirror and say, I am the miracle my mom needed. I am the life mm. force that, break through all, that broke through all odds to be here. I will continue to make the impossible possible. Mm. Just all these messages are just... <laughs> And I love, like, I think, too, I love that it's geared for younger women. But also, like, to me, as you're, re as you're reading these words, and I'm really just, like, closing my eyes and, like, soaking them in, I feel like it's such a deep level of healing available for our inner child, right? Like, for that fourth grade version of me, for that seventh grade version of you, to the woman who is still ashamed of her body and still feels like it's she should be ashamed of, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think it's really for all women. I think this journal really is for all women and such a deep collective healing that you're making available to the masses just like through sharing this beautiful manual. Like it, it literally is incredible. Uh, one of the letters comes from a woman who doesn't have any kids. And she was like, I don't think I have anything to say. And I said, no, I, I feel like, I was like, if you don't, I mean, this is my process. I ask people, I said, if you have something to say, say it. If you don't feel aligned, it's okay. Like, yeah, exactly. Take know? it or leave it. And so she sent me the most beautiful letter about how, you know, when she first had her period, she was a tomboy and she just really tried to reject it so much. And it wasn't until she embraced her femininity and embraced that time of her month that she really mm -hmm. came into her power. Exactly. And, I mean, it just like, I do, I, yes, it is geared towards young women. I, um, I want all young women to feel held and if it feels aligned and you have some trauma that is around your period or just some healing that needs to be done, or you think about on those times, the questions are so good. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. Will you, uh, will you go into a little bit? Cause I know we shared that there, that it has like these beautiful poetry and these letters from women, but for a listener who's like, Hmm, like, would this be a good journal for me? Would you share about some of the other things that they could expect to find in there that could give them support resources? Cause I know it's, it's full of just amazing things. Um, yeah. So a couple of the questions, uh, does my body need rest? And then am I honoring mm -hmm. that? I mean, if that's not a question that we all, <laughs> you oh, know, I, I, I want to not to interrupt you, but I'm going to interrupt you. I had such a beautiful reframe from that because people are always like, oh, well, I haven't done enough work to rest. And like, you know, we, we always think our mind knows more than our body. You know, right. our body's like, I'm fucking tired. I want to lay down. I want to slow down. You're like, no, go more, bigger, faster, push, 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 you know. And I saw a quote on the flip side of that. And it was like, have I had enough rest to do my best work? And I was like, oh, shit. And like just reading that. So now every time I can hear that little fucking ego going off in my brain, like, no, you shouldn't be doing this. And you you got to get this done. I'm like, has my body had enough rest to do the best work? Like, am I at my best? No, I'm not. So why do I think my mind knows more than my body? You know, right. so sorry to interrupt you. But as soon as you said no. that, I was like, yes, this I is so boring. Perfect. 
Yeah, that's perfect. That aligns right with this because that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise a generation of females who are able to look at those things instead of just being told what society's telling them, right? Instead of being mm-hmm. told like, oh, um, oh, you're shedding a lining every month and it's just normal. 50% of the population does it. So you just have to deal with it. No. Yeah. Do we need to rest? Do we need to sit down? Do we need to if, if there's pain, do we need it? Is it a normal pain? Is it uh, my body telling me something's wrong? One of the great things that came out of this is I created some questions. So at the very end, there's a 12 month calendar cycle. So when this came out, there was a lot of conversation about not using apps um, mm-hmm. to track your cycle anymore. And I had inadvertently just added a calendar cycle that you can fill in yourself. But after each calendar cycle is reflection questions, like, you know, uh, things that make me feel better, things that make me feel worse, questions I have about my body, uh, feminine projects I've tried, hardest emotions to deal with, foods that make me feel good, foods that make me feel not so good. But the best question that I didn't even know was any unusual pain. And uh, one of my colleagues picked this up and she was looking at it and she says, you know, you have no idea what this could do for people. She's like, had I been tracking my menstrual cycle and been talking about this pain that I was having, I would have known I had endometriosis a lot sooner mm-hmm. instead of late in my thirties when I couldn't have kids anymore, you know? Yeah. So um, if we can create a, a generation of girls who are able to really tune into their bodies, then we can we can change we can change the world (laughs) yeah no and I that's pretty much like the basis of my work is like really coming back home into your body like not to go off on a side tangent but like your your nervous system right you have to think like you have a vagus nerve and that's like the reservoir of your nervous system of your inter excuse me internal world of your your nervous system your intuition like whatever you want to say it is 20% is your mind going to your body. 80% is your body's information going up to the brain. Yeah. But we are so disembodied and so disconnected from that part of us, from that intelligence that we're running on the 20% that we think we know what the answer is going to be and logically trying to think our way out of when really, especially women, we have this, this innate wisdom that we can tap into at any moment that is always communicating with us. That's always trying to guide us into alignment, showing us what's best for us. But we're so disassociated from our bodies that it's like we, we don't even know what's going on. Like, think about it this way. You you meet up with someone like, how are you doing? Good. Fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? That You get a generic answer. I'm good. I'm fine. What the fuck does that even mean? What is good? <laughs> what does good feel like? You I, know, so I, I one of my is a four letter F word. <laughs> <laughs> one of my one of my funny things I'll do to people, they're like, How are you? And I like tell them some real shit. And like you can tell people like, oh, wait a minute, I wasn't I well then don't ask because everyone is just so just programmed. I'm good, I'm fine, I'm okay. What the fuck does that even mean? You know what I mean? You're so disconnected from what's true and what's real for you. And I think that if more women, people in general could reconnect with their bodies, it's like you would realize like what is really there for you and like what you really want. Desires in the body, intuitions in the body. It doesn't live in the mind. 
So anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox. No, no, I, no, that's perfect because I, I feel that way. I feel like I had been so disconnected from my body. And even still, I, there's several times, even in the last, you know, couple months where I'm finally kind of realizing how much I need to come back to myself and I would have intuition, but I would ignore it and do something else instead. And mm-hmm. that's the thing is we're constantly questioned. Uh, women are, it feels like to me, my opinion is my yeah. opinion is is that we're constantly questioned. So we doubt ourselves Mm -hmm. um, on decisions we make. Uh, And so it's hard to listen to our intuition because we've been questioned so much. So when I have intuition, I question it. Like, why am I doing that? (laughs) And then like it unfolds and like, you're like, oh, I knew what I should have done. Yes, every time. You're like, damn it. Every single time, but I don't trust myself. Yeah, told you, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust myself. Um, and and so much of that, I think so much of that does go back to my menstrual cycle and just how much I was not trusting with with that whole process. Like I said, I had I had sporadic periods. They were about once every three months. I I so didn't know what my body was doing. I was fifteen weeks pregnant with my daughter before I even knew. Yeah. Before I even yeah, knew. that's wild. Like you skipped the whole first trimester. I did. Like, and because a doctor had told me that I couldn't get pregnant. So there was no, I was just like, I can't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay. I feel weird. It's, it's not pregnancy. It's me being weird. It's just, I'm yeah. going through whatever, you know? Um, Cause we listen to other people and and I know you said you call yourself a witch. We we have got to reclaim that word so much. And I think we are because yeah. the original witches were the women who took care. They were the healers, right? They were the, the ones who Witch really means wise woman. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> you say, okay. I mean, and, and you're right. You- there, there is such a, like a stigma around that word, whether it's like, witch. Um, I'm working with a client right now who's really triggered by the word priestess because she had really religious upbringing um you know a mystic a witch a priestess a healer but whatever you want to call it it's all coming back to the thread of being wise like being in tune with nature right they were the people who lived cyclically who knew they had this innate wisdom this innate power this connection bridge to the inner planes to the other worlds and for women, especially if you're really wanting to reclaim that power, that essence, that is your birthright, right? It's not an idea. It's not like, oh, maybe I have it. Bitch, you have it. All of us have it, but it comes through dropping into your body, especially your womb. I would say, especially your womb, really getting into your body, getting into your womb and reclaiming your sexuality, reclaiming your pleasure, you know, knowing that like you yourself are sacred your blood is sacred like as a feminine essence being you are like the bridge between heaven and earth you are the most sacred fucking thing on this planet you know yes and I love like when you reached out to me about the journal I was like yes like more like if more women would just own this part of them it's like everything would change I, I really believe that everything would change um, I'm so glad you mentioned your like reclaiming your power and your desire and your sexuality because um, I have submissions up for the next manuals. I mean, I see this being just really huge. I I want to do manuals supporting new moms. I want to do manuals supporting um, marriage. I 
I think I love marriage and I know that's not the case for everybody. I want to do a manual supporting women who are going through a divorce. It's yeah. uh, I named it this morning, the moving on manual. Mm, um, yeah. But one of the manuals I'm taking submissions for is on our sexuality because I, oh, girl, I do I think, one. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm hoping you'll submit. So um, I want, like, I do believe we haven't been able to claim our sexuality and I believe that women are actually more sexual than men, but we've been suppressed for so long, right? Like that, rewind it, that right there. <laughs> right? We've been suppressed. We've been told it's bad. We've been told it's dirty. We've been told we're whores if we like to have sex, you know, um, all these things. Do you know why that is though? Oh, well, the patriarchy, Christianity, what else? Like we could go on for probably No, hours. I mean, that's dead on. But the reason why for years, the feminine essence of feminine magic, right? Which is our sensuality, our sexuality, all of that has been so heavily demonized is because as a woman, like we've been highlighting here in this um, episode, that's the seat of your power. Yeah. A woman who is deeply connected to her sexuality is deeply connected to God and is deeply connected to her ability to literally be a creatrix. Think about it this way, like your eroticism. I know we're getting kind of off the moon manual now, but you guys, I'm sure here for it, your eroticism and your like your orgasm, right? Like that, like that is creative energy. You're li you're literally a living orgasm. Yes. You're an orgasm with legs, All right? Things, yes. So my point is this, that like that, like being in those ecstatic states, being in that orgasmic state, your eroticism, whatever, it's like that literally is the most potent, juiciest frequency to be a creator. And they knew that as feminine essence beings connected back to this and reclaim their bodies and reclaim their pleasure, they were opening up all these doorways and portals to the divine to literally be the bridge between worlds. And men thought, oh, fuck no, because <laughs> a woman who is that deeply in her power can't be controlled. She can't right. be manipulated, right? She's not going to sit down, be quiet and make us dinner. So what do we have to do? It's dirty. She's a whore. You know, only have sex with your husband. It's a bad thing. It's a dirty thing. You know, they put all this stuff on it so that women would really shy away from their sensuality, their sexuality, because that is our power as a woman. That is your power. And I know this is not the same episode for this, but this like I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> no, I am too. I actually, I am too, because um, I, I went through a lot of things when I was younger. And one of the things I went through was uh, sexual harassment in the military. And I remember this guy um, I who I had had sex with one night and it just didn't, I didn't like it. So I left. Um, he thought he could touch me. And then he, um, he yelled across this like quad, this field like a soccer field I don't know it was just this big area and he said you can't turn a hoe into a housewife I mean he was yelling mm. and later on I was like you know what you can't even spell housewife without the letters h-o-e so whatever right like seriously yeah. like why can't women be sexual like that's the that's just the story that's been told over and over and again is that we're not sexual like once we get married yeah and when men say this, I want to be like, well, what did you stop doing for your wife not to be sexual anymore? Because that's yeah. you. Like if you stopped um, telling her she was beautiful and pursuing her and wanting yeah. to have sex with her, then you've suppressed her sexuality. She's not suppressing it. She just doesn't know how and to. The most, and 
I will share my opinion on this because I do know other people have different um, perceptions on like sexuality. But to me, I, I really believe that like the feminine, like the sacred feminine, the, you know, like the, I call her like the holy whore, but like that part of our sexuality for her to really come out and to fully be expressed, she needs safety. She needs security. And when she feels so safe and so seen and so secure and just admired by the masculine, oh, honey, you would have yeah. no idea what that woman would do. Yeah. But for that, like part of her and really to reach orgasm, right? Men are like, oh, well, you know, women don't come and they don't do this. And now I know we're really going on a tangent, but that that's not the case. But if you think about an orgasm, you're in the deepest level of surrender, receptivity, right? Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to feel safe. You have to feel love. You have to feel supported. So it's like, it goes hand in hand. It's like a man is, they're frustrated because they're not having this kind of experience when the woman, it starts in the heart, you right. want, you want way to the woman's pussy. It starts in her heart. Like yeah. start there, love her, admire her, let her feel safe and secure. And like a flower, she will open up. And right. I, I guess I'll just stop. Cause I know I'm going on a way different um, conversation, but it, it it's just true. Like women we're, we're innately sexual. Like that is like part of like the feminine magnetism. It is like, look at all the goddesses, like in all the ancient systems, it was through being like sexual. It was through beauty. It was through adornment. It was through being connected with our senses and all women still have that like primal, like pull in them, but we don't feel safe or seen or admired enough to let her come out and play. That's why women now are so heavily masculized or in their like toxic, um, masculinity because they don't feel safe to be in their feminine yes everything you just said <laughs> and um I think that to start that is that we have girls who feel comfortable with their periods and embrace that their menstruation and, and get to the core of that Absolutely. then as they grow they are they can tap into their sexuality and be into their divine feminine that's what I'm trying to teach my own daughter is that um is that it's okay to feel sexy. It's okay to, is mm -hmm. like, she has a safe space and she has a safe space so she can talk to me. And we started with her menstruation. Well, we probably started years before that. Um, But we started with her menstruation. So we, and we start with these conversations about what she wears and how she carries herself and, and that it's okay for relationships to end. Like, I mean, just all this stuff. And if we can build, yeah. if we can build on that. Ah, and I, I so much. <laughs> We're both like, ah, this, 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 this. Um, I love what you're saying though, because it, how do I want to put this? I think that the beauty in this journal and what you're offering these young girls is to really create that level or foundation of safety in their body. I feel safe in my body, right? I feel good in my body. And it's like, until you feel those things in yourself and with yourself, right? You're never going to feel that with a partner, right? So I think that this is an invitation to reclaim that sovereignty, right? Yes. Really feel that sense of safety, really have this reclamation of their femininity, of their power, of being self-source safety so that they can actually step into healthier relationships, you know, when they get to that point that they are like being curious about like their sexuality or, you know, union or whatever it is. 
But I know for me, as a young girl, I didn't have that. So I looked for that in all my partnerships and believing that like, oh, well, I have if I don't have sex with him, then he's not going to like me. And, you know, it's like I wish that I would have had such a different foundation of sovereignty, of power, of safety in myself so that I could stand firmly in my no. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, And so I'm going to share about my daughter. She probably won't listen to this, so hopefully she won't be too mad at me. But Love you. Thank you for letting us share your story. <laughs> um, she came home the other day and she had been talking to this guy for months and um, it came out that he had just wanted to have sex with her. She's still a virgin. She's 16. So she's still a virgin. And I just remember like, to me, I just, I'm like, Bella, I hate to tell you this. Like, I don't want to be like the person who dashes your dreams. Cause I know you want to, to have a partnership with somebody and just like really respect each other and, and go into this. I'm like, at this age, that's kind of how society has raised men to be is that yeah they just want to have sex and the fact that you're a virgin makes you even more desirable mm-hmm. to them yeah um, but I was so proud of her for being like you know what like I don't need that toxic shit in my life and yeah. so I told her I'm like are you sad and she's like you know it sucks it sucks that that it had to be this way and I'm okay because I don't want to be yeah. something around with somebody like that and I thought oh my god <laughs> like I'm doing something like I'm doing something right I wish I would have been able to I don't I don't think that um there's no blame on my own mother or family I don't think there was a purposeful thing I think that the tools weren't available and we didn't know and we're just starting to step into this new world and and I think it too so much of their conditioning you know what I mean it's like I think our our parents did the best they could with what they had and what they got Right. And the more conscious we are and the more we are aware, it's like with you, it's like you're giving your daughter all these beautiful tools where she can firmly do that. So it's like you're giving her such a gift too. And it's like as she heals that, it's like she's sending healing back through your bloodline, your generation of all the women before and all the women after. And like that's always what I come back to too. Like with my daughter is that I think like to me, sex was presented as like a like it's a bad like it's a bad thing we don't have sex like you don't have sex or you're married you know what I mean it's like this all the conditioning around it when really it's like what I wish I would have been fed with is that like you are sacred mm-hmm. you are sacred your body is sacred right and not that sex is wrong bad or a dirty thing it's a beautiful thing but it's only beautiful when you you know as a feminine are with someone who deeply loves you who cares about you and like yeah, you know same. maybe I'll get flag for this because I know there are a lot of people out here free love one night stands that's amazing if that works for you but for me with where I'm at now on my spiritual journey not saying I haven't done that caveat I I did that got the t-shirt had that phase of my life um but now it's like the thought of somebody touching my body who doesn't touch my heart there's no fucking way and even with my partner, if if we have even a weird little type of tiff, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. If there is something emotionally in the heart space, energetically off with us, it's like my body, I can feel where my body doesn't want to open. It doesn't want to be touched. Yeah. It doesn't want to be loved. But when him and I are connected at the heart, whoo, oh. <laughs> like it's hot girl. It's hot. I, no, I'm right there with you. I'm exactly the same way. Like if my husband and I are having um, any issues, like I do, I close right off and yeah. my body won't respond. But when we are open and, and, and it can be just the little shit, right? Like it can be that just all day long, he just 
told me I was pretty or, or did the dishes or he, we have very fluid gender roles. So he's very helpful around the house anyway. So, um, and we just didn't get into any nitpicky thing. Like I just open up in such a different way than I do. I, um, I told Bella, I said, you, you can be empowered. You can have sex with whoever you want. If you want to have one night stands, do what you want to do. Like she's 16, she's going to be that age where it's going to start happening. And I told her, I need you to realize though, that when you have sex with someone, you leave a piece of yourself with them and they leave a piece Mm -hmm. of themselves with you. And Mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that whatever energy you take in and any of the energy you give out is, is with a person that it's okay with and that person will be okay at one point and then possibly not okay later and that's okay like we have to just accept that but just I I love that you're talking about this um I'm very big on wound work like that is one of my my main things that I guide my clients through and especially because of that like and and I will say a lot of this isn't known even if there isn't like physical penetration energetically, like when, if you're like kissing, making out, whatever, like you are still like taking on their energy and it does, it gets imprinted in the body, in the womb space. And even 13, 13 generations of women before you live in your womb. So you think about all of their sexual experiences, all Mm -hmm. of their lovers, all of the trauma, all of the, you know, and that's why I really think that like womb clearing and like claiming womb sovereignty and like this is, is so important. Um, And I'm just going to drop this here because it came up organically. Like if that is something that you guys are interested in, I do have a do it yourself where I kind of talk to you about this. And then there is an energetic womb clearing. Um, I'll link it in my show notes, but anyway, I have that offered because to me, that is, it is very important. And you don't realize too, how much of their energy begins to pollute your own intuition, your own identity, your beliefs, your thought patterns, all of the things like sex is a sacred energy exchange, even without penetration, you're still taking on their life force. Is that somebody like, I like my whole thing is like, is that somebody whose energy I like? If you don't like their energy or you wouldn't want to be them, why the fuck would you let them in your body? Yeah. Yeah. What? Everything you just said. I wish I could go bitch slap my younger self sometimes. Like, what I know. were you doing? What same, were you doing? Same. You know, I would be like, yeah. You didn't know. You, you know, know, and like that's the only I think that I love now is like there is so much education available to young younger women and there's we're creating such a better like foundation or just like just floor for them to like stand on to make more like sovereign choices like with themselves with their bodies and is it going to be perfect no I think that we all like have different things we go through in life to grow and evolve however like I wish I had an older sister to be like yeah like babe this isn't this isn't the way you know, and I never had that. So I love that through your journal, like through these conversations, it's like, we get to create that for women, for young women, whoever's hearing it at whatever age, because I'm sure there's some older women who are still living. Like this. Yeah, I think, um, I think the first moon manual is for anyone embarking on their period journey. And, and it does create a space for girls who maybe don't have the support, you know, so 
I, as a mom, I did it and I created it for my daughter. So it's for women who really emotionally support their daughters and want to be there for them. And it's for the girls who maybe don't have it at home also. Yeah. A lot of uh, mm. my daughter's friends, I guess they found a clip on TikTok or something I had done and they were like, oh, your mom has a book. We And she was like, yeah, uh, I have a copy. <laughs> They're like, will you bring it in? We want to see it. We want to talk about oh, it. And God. I just love that it, it's, it's, it's getting at least talked about, right? I've had so many girls tell me um, that they want a copy unfortunately most of the time it has to be their mom who buys it for them like at that age right but um I've had so many I was at a like at a college and career fair and I was just talking about my journey as an author and so many of the young women were like oh, I need this book so bad I need it I need it I need it mm -hmm. um, some of our my daughter's friends have said oh you know my mom wasn't around I need this book I think about single dads who are raising their girls yeah. and have to go through this and maybe don't know how to be as supportive as they want to be. Um, this is such a great tool for them. I, I'm excited. I, it is a, it's an amazing tool. It's, it's a great place to hold space. It's a great reflection spot. It's affirmations. I love the affirmations. The art was contributed by a came the artist and she is just so talented I wanted any girl who picked this up to feel like she identified with it. Um, the place that I fell short and I didn't realize was a uh, female born who are um, male identifying because this mm -hmm. all does say like, hey, gorgeous girl. So I think if, if I fell short anywhere, that's where I fell short with it. Um, but we can't all be perfect the first time. So I know. Exactly. Messy on our way to mastery. Like that's like one of my favorite quotes. Um, so let's just say like, if you had one message, one thing that you wanted to say to all young women or just all women in general, who you feel like needs this book or maybe is struggling with their own journey, like what would be like the one message you'd want to leave them with? I think that I just want to leave women, women with the fact that like, you're enough and your body is just, it's perfect. It's divinely created and it's just as perfect as it can be. And just leaning into that perfection guides you on your journey. And it, it's so, I hate to use the word magical because I know people have a connotation around that, but it really is magical. Like the fact that you're even here, the fact that you were even born, like what has to happen and everything that has to align, just mm -hmm. you are divinely created and lean into that love yourself and accept every part of who you are and what your magical body does mm, I love it so where can our listeners connect with you get a copy of your journal where is the best place to do this and I will obviously link all this in the show notes too but where can they find you where can they find your journal Okay. I'm on mostly, I, I have a Facebook, I'm mostly on Instagram. You can find me under my name, JM Medellin, or you can find me at first moon manual. Um, I'm on TikTok, and you can get the book from my website, jmmedellin.com, or, um, you can get it just on Amazon or even Barnes and Noble sells it too. So, uh, yeah. So amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story, what led you to creating this and 
all the other juicy gem nuggets that we shared in between. It was so much fun having you. And yeah, I obviously I would love to continue to support your manual and any of the ones coming up, especially around sexuality. You can tell it's kind of my jam jam. Um, so, but thank you so much for being here, love. I'm super excited for you and what you're creating in the world. Thank you, Kaylin. I was both humbled and honored to be here and I really appreciate your time. Yeah. Talk soon. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today for another episode of the Shadow Priestess Embodied Podcast. Honestly, I'm having so much fun inviting on these incredible guests, incredible speakers, and really just creating a space where I get to highlight other amazing women's genius. Honestly, that is like my life passion is really diving deep with people and really helping them to uncover who they really are at the core of their essence, really awakening them to that innate feminine wisdom and finding the courage to walk their soul-led path. If this sounds like you and you are ready to live a life that is truly spirit-led, the doors to my group mastermind emergence just opened. And if you're someone who likes to go deep and want something more intimate, I do have a few select spaces for my one-on-one -on -one private mentorship. And if you're not really ready to commit and you want a little taste of my world, please register for my free event, Pleasure, The Pathway to Healing, where I'm going to share with you all of my juicy, delicious secrets to live your most pleasurable, orgasmic, feminine life. Click the link in the show notes and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for joining me today for another juicy episode of Shadow Priestess Embodied. I absolutely love diving in and having these conversations with you all. If this is an episode that you found intriguing, that you found some nuggets in, please share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe and follow me so you can be present for all of the upcoming transmissions, activations, and downloads that I'll be bringing to our community. Have an absolutely magical day, and I'll see you soon.